fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care. I don't care. Maybe you should care. Okay, everyone. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Don't start like that. That's not ours. Okay, we're gonna read. No, keep it. Okay, I like keep it. it. Cute. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Maybe You Should Care. I'm Jackson. I'm Dee Dee, and wow, this is a unique episode, Jackson, and I think we're both a little heartbroken to say it. Yeah, mom and dad are fighting. Mom and dad are fighting, and <laughs> by that I mean senators. Senators. Elizabeth Warren and. Bernie Sanders. And even more sad is that for once, Jackson and I are not on the exact same page, which is crazy because I feel like we usually are like to a T, like pretty much agree. Yeah. But today I, I guess we mostly, we mostly agree. agree. We're just being dramatic. Everything's fine. I think we agree, but I but we're like salty. Yeah, we're a little just we're a little bummed out at the system, man. We're mad at the media. Side we're eye. mad at the system. You know what? Revolution. Just kidding. But I'm not. <laughs> Jackson's like woohoo I'm here for the ride but anyway um so today I, I, I keep trying to remind myself that um our goal is to be like politics 101 like intro to politics like for people who don't know how to do politics so I'm gonna try really hard today to like not get too deep into my really nuanced opinions and try and like keep this as broad as possible for the sake of yeah I'm just here for the fun Jackson's here for the I'm just TV. here to chit chat about <laughs> politics you know <laughs> That's all I really signed up to do. Jackson! I'm trying to be deep over here. Um, no. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. But before we get to the dramatic debate stuff, a quick update. Um, you've probably heard a lot in the news about Iran because we have not released an episode this year. And that has happened in 2020. Yep. We tried recording an episode. Uh, in fact, we recorded a whole episode. Yeah. About for over an hour. Yeah. We aren't trustworthy sources for international <laughs> Middle Eastern news. We really tried, but I think before we, at least for me, before mm-hmm. I say something on here, I want to make sure that I'm well-versed in it. Yes, you know? exactly. We want to be as honest as possible, and we are yeah. honest in the fact that we were nowhere near qualified to give you updates about Iran. We really, really tried, <laughs> but I think it's too risky, we man. certainly had opinions on it. Um, I think the important takeaways right now is that we're not going to go to World War Three, and unfortunately, if we did go into some kind of international conflict, the bigger victims would be Iranians in the Middle East, and we would be fine. So, you know, despite all the memes, I think that things have simmered down a lot, and hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah, we will continue on that path. Because right now, things seem pretty okay. Yeah. There was definitely a period of tension um yeah well well the only another key takeaway from this is that it's like it was so quintessential president trump because over and over he he starts a conflict mm -hmm. and then fixes it and then says i saved the day yeah from the conflict that he started well and there's that element and then also i'm just remembering (laughs) it seems like that happened so long ago but that was like a week yeah Uh, but just like a few things that kind of popped in my head immediately about that conflict. Um, I saw you listening to that uh, Harry Styles album there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't. Okay. Um, um, a few things about the conflict, though. One, I think that it, 
a notable thing was that the U.S. attacked, or not attacked, killed. Killed. Um, Qasem, someone, Qasem Soleimani. Yeah, who was, was a part like, of the Iranian Yeah, he was government. like arguably first or second in charge, in charge of the military. He was like a big figurehead yeah. to many Middle Easterners. So while the U.S. has killed um, leaders of groups that are marked terrorists mm-hmm. before. ISIS, for um, example. Yeah, ISIS. Um, we That hasn't happened with someone who was part of like an official government. Yes, it so would that be like, was like it would be like somebody killing Vice President Joe Biden while he was Vice President. Like it yeah. was, it was a real like, life member yeah. of the actual established government with which we work. So there was that. There was that, and then also another huge thing that I thought was just I'll personally remember about it was Trump's tweet about targeting the fifty-two cultural sites in response yeah. to. Uh, Things got nasty. Things got nasty. I mean, nasty, it was like, it was just a lot of it, first of all, had bad judgment. The rest of it was questionably illegal. But will we be going to war anytime probably, soon? Probably not. not. Yeah. So, yeah. Knock on We don't want to normalize, like, the crazy, horrible things that yeah. have come out of the, like, specifically President yeah. Trump's foreign policy. But, unfortunately, once again, it's like, I've, it's already, like, fallen off of my conscience in some ways just because, like... It's hard to keep It's so hard to keep everything. up. It's really hard to care. We're trying our best. And, of course, while I care, it's just... Well, another we'll crazy fucking thing our president did, so... Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> anything else to say about that? Because I think we should get moving to the more local politics arena. Let's move. Well, yeah. Uh, Cory Booker dropped out. Senator from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um... He was running for president. He did not. He was not in the last two debates. He dropped out before the last one. So I guess he technically only missed like one debate. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should talk about why. Yeah, it's we're seeing now. I think a lot more candidates. The field's getting smaller and smaller as primaries in like Iowa are getting closer and closer, which weeks is kind of crazy because like away. it seems like we've been talking about it for so long <gasps> that it doesn't or, seem like somebody's going to win the, the Iowa primary. Can yeah. you believe it? We've been talking about Who's this for so be? long. Dun, dun. Jesus Christ, present. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so as (laughs) that comes closer, which, why is Iowa first? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Should it be? I don't know, probably not. Who knows? Uh, That's my, you can quote me on that. (laughs) People treat, and maybe you don't know this, maybe it's a well-known thing, I don't know, but to me, I just the thing that I've always known is that Iowa is the best predictor for who's gonna win the actual nominee nomination. Like months later, I mean that's just what they teach, and there's like a lot of controversy as to whether or not that's true or a good representation. Well, but it s- all started when Jimmy Carter came out of the blue for his Democratic primary. I can't remember at some point in the '70s, and like nobody knew who he was, and he had barely any money or polling, and then he just flat won Iowa, and then ended up getting the nomination. Mm-hmm. And so since then, it's like. Yeah. I was the determination. And I mean, and even with like Obama, like that's really what kind of pushed, winning Iowa is what pushed his campaign, right? Was yeah, it you know, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just trying to remember if Trump won Iowa. No, uh, Ted Cruz won Iowa. Trump well, did not. So, oh, but I mean, Hillary did. Oh, Hillary, Hillary did. barely won Iowa. Hillary barely, yeah. So, I mean, you could say it's a good predictor. You could say it's not. Whatever. Who cares? It's the first one. Martin O'Malley came in a nice third oh my God, there. I completely forgot about Martin O'Malley. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> no, focus. it's okay. Moral of the story is Cory Booker I, is not even going to be in the Iowa primary, and neither will Kamala Harris, who dropped out, or mm-hmm. Beto, or... Julian Castro, Castro, more importantly. Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Just a lot of people dropped out. And Cory Booker has, he's unafraid to say that he thinks that it's because of the system. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because basically the Democratic National Committee like changed their rules because there were so many people on the debate stage. And so in order to narrow down who actually got to be on primetime television, there were certain barriers of entry that you had to reach for the amount of polling and like donations and funds that you had. And if you didn't meet those standards and you couldn't be in the next debate, and then Cory Booker said, okay, but the only way to get those things, money and support, is to be seen in the debate. So mm-hmm. you've created the never-ending cycle where money determines politics again. Yeah. And it's like, okay, true. But also, how else would they have done it? Moral story is Cory Booker, while he, a lot of people really liked him, I don't think anyone really had major issues with him. Mm-hmm. He just didn't get the traction he... Mm-hmm. I think he ran a very, very positive and, like, honest campaign. I think that, like, at least there's that. You know, I think he'll always have that. He was a peace and love candidate. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think his voice will be missed on the stage. And I think that it's kind of, at least in my opinion, like, a little disappointing that, like, you have two billionaires who are largely self-funding their campaigns, one of whom was able to make the debate stage, but you have yeah, but you have sitting senators who had to drop out, and Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, yeah, who happened to also be some of like the only candidates of color running for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of layers to what's happening yeah. right now. Um, but I totally agree with what you said um, about how like the debates, it, it's hard to get traction without getting loop. exposure, and it's hard yeah. to get exposure without funds, but it's hard to get funds without exposure. So. Now, Jackson, the real question is, do we think he and Rosario Dawson are going to break up now? Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Yeah, he's dating actress Rosario Dawson, and people are like, hmm, is this a strategy? (laughs) Um, I think, didn't she endorse Bernie Sanders in 2016? I think she might have. I could be so wrong. Whoa. That would be some tea. But, hey, she loves her sweet Corey, I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm sure this time around she was endorsing Corey. We'll we'll hope so. I'm assuming. (laughs) One day when Um, I run for president, (laughs) watch my husband be like, hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, so anyway. I'd vote for you. I vote for you. No, no, I wouldn't vote for you because (laughs) you would be my press secretary. Okay, I'll take it. Um, (laughs) Okay. So Cory Booker dropped out... um, all this debate talk, it's making me think we should talk about the most recent debate that happened a few days ago. Ugh, it's I'm so upset very, about it. Okay, because so let's preface this with, like, I don't want to give in to it. No. The like, problem is... This is what they want. I will... All of my complaints, hopefully, at least in my own head, do circle back to the fact that it is the fault of the media and the system, which is so cliche. It's like, haha, stick it to the man, but it's true. The system, in this case, specifically with our, like, relationship with the media, is just... It really is getting in the way of a democracy, aka Mm -hmm. our democracy, that is already crumbling. Like, we are a mess. We are unstable. And I'm just, like, nervous. And I'm I'm on my toes. And the media did exactly, like, Murphy's Law. Like, just was so as annoying as they could possibly be about this. That it's like, okay, we're going to have one nice thing. So, should we get into it? We should unpack all that. (laughs) Okay, so I'm angry. Let's figure out why you're so angry about this. Okay, yeah, talk me through it. All right, so... A few days before the most recent debate, the uh, first of 2020 and last before the Iowa caucus. uh, So soon. So soon. uh, Basically, a story came out from CNN that uh, some Bernie Sanders supporters were using a script that was uh, slightly negative. Well, I guess, yeah, negative. about Warren as well as some other candidates or included language specifically to Warren saying like, uh, yeah, I like her. She's my second choice, but I don't think that her 
that she'll be bringing in a big enough base, essentially, and yeah. enough voters into the party. Which, to me, doesn't sound that bad. It just sounds like politics. Yeah, it, it's not the, by any means, the harshest or most negative statement that someone has said in politics. Um, I think, because Bernie They've just Liz, been so friendly up until that point, They maybe. have an open truce, or yeah. they did. They've had, like, a very open, like, we're mm-hmm. never going to go after each other kind of truce. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I think, worth noting that, you know, it, Bernie Sanders wasn't the one writing down the script. Yeah. It was made by his supporters, but you're right, like, the campaigns have been very friendly. Up yeah, in, and maybe Liz has been doing yeah. similar things with Bernie, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what the standard is for that, but I guess a lot of, like, Liz's, specifically staffers, like, as a Liz supporter, I wasn't really that upset. I was like, okay. Um, but I, a lot of her staffers were really mad. Mm-hmm. And... That led to apparently, okay, so according to Sweet Ezra Klein, who we can't go an episode without referencing, he was saying that, like, the buzz around Washington was that there was, like, rumors of this comment that Bernie said to Liz along the road a few years ago, and, or, yeah, a few-ish years ago, and there was, like, it was hard to get anyone to confirm, like, the rumors, but basically the story is that apparently in a closed-door meeting, Bernie and Liz, as friends a few years ago, Bernie said to Liz apparently, according to people that who were there, but not Liz herself, is that Bernie said that a woman could not win mm-hmm. the presidency. And then, because of what you said, there's these, like, angry comments mm-hmm. about Bernie's phone bank attacks on Liz, Liz's team released this dramatic information mm-hmm. confirming it. And CNN got real excited. And guess what? CNN was hosting the debate a couple days later. So that became a very, uh, that, that was a good section of the debate. So, that got up, that got brought up over Yeah, do we agree policy. with that story, that narrative that sounds about right? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's right. a little like foggy, like, oh, did Liz release it? Was Liz sitting on it? Like, or was it her staff? Yeah, why did it get released now? Why did it get released now? Is, well, and yeah. then in, and that's where the dis- in between there too, Liz yeah. did, I think, release a statement saying that she was disappointed that Bernie had been negative about her in that script. In the phone banks, yeah. Or I think it was something. Something, something like that. Volunteers. Um, but yeah, that's basically what happened. And then Bernie... And then the debate happened. Yeah, and the debate happened, and Bernie Sanders was asked about it and basically said that he never told Elizabeth Warren that a woman couldn't win, um, <clears throat> and then pointed to like a conversation he had had with her before he ran for president in 2016, urging her to consider running, which she ultimately didn't, so he did. Um, and he also referenced like clips from the 80s that are... Uh, of him saying that a woman yeah. could be president, all that kind of and stuff. And then, and then, okay. And then, well, I was gonna say, like, to really zoom out and remind us of the fact that it, like, I really do blame the media is that CNN reported that Bernie Sanders were calling that Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders team members, like volunteers, were saying these things about Liz being an elitist. And then it was CNN that reported that Liz staffers were like. Duh, duh, duh. Bernie said a woman can't run for president. Like, that's bad. And then it was CNN who hosted the debate. Yeah. And the way that, like, the question that you just mentioned mm-hmm. when Bernie, first of all, said, I did not say that, and here's all the reasons why I support women in running for office. Mm-hmm. The CNN clip went from... So, Senator Sanders, <laughs> Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. 
Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? It literally felt like an SNL skit where it was yeah. like, hey, Bernie, this is some tea. What are your thoughts? Like, did you laugh? Yeah. Like, they both what do you clearly think? looked like they did. They were mad at CNN. Didn't want to be doing Yeah, and then it zoomed in on Liz's face, and then it was like, what do you think of Bernie just saying this? It felt like Jersey Shore when they're like, was, Snooki said this about JWoww. JWoww, what do you think? Like, it, it just it felt very so... very reality it, it was like so real. It was like Black Mirror. And I think that's the problem. <laughs> it felt like Veep. It felt like Veep. It literally felt like Veep. And, like, I guess, like, the way that me and Jackson would disagree is that my guess is that Bernie implied that or that is not I do not think that Bernie said that directly but my guess is that because he just has a harsh way of speaking yeah and he's like not known for his interpersonal communication skills I think that he probably said something uh, like distantly in reference to that but like didn't mean it that way and then it got communicated because people are inherently defensive and like other people interpreted it a weird way it was just a it was the textbook definition, in my opinion, of a miscommunication. Because Bernie would never say that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But I don't think that Liz would make it up at no. all. I, so... I, I think the area where we slightly just... I think that there were some slightly more political motivations, maybe. It's like the timing of it. Mm-hmm. and But also, like, I don't... Like, I, I, and I guess it's also difficult because they've talked a lot about being friends and stuff like that. So it's like you would don't want them to be fighting but I understand yeah. from her perspective I, I think she handled it well I guess is what I'm yeah, saying like I, I would I agree. have liked for her to maybe have said like oh I don't think that like like Bernie Sanders might have said that something similar to that but mm-hmm. like that wasn't his intention behind it or he misspoke at the time or something like that Yeah, but and also Bernie Sanders similarly could have said like oh i didn't mean to say that if I did say that like that wasn't my intention you know yeah, was, he could have he could have been less both of them I think could have de-escalated they could have been less flammatory both of them yeah um I think they're just desperate because the caucuses are, or the he, Iowa yeah. primary is so soon um and it just caucus. kind of brings up like why I, I guess that is why it's happening now um and all coming out but like I think it's just the I think everyone is a little bit spun out about the fact that like there is no clear front runner at all. And Joe Biden, like, it's like Joe was, Biden is still doing the best. And then for a while it was Liz, like, really yeah. tailing Joe. And then that's when a st- bunch of people started to criticize her because, of course, they were going to try and criticize the front runner. Yeah. And then Bernie started to well, do really Pete well. Pete had a moment. Pete had a moment. Like, Kamala even, like, peaked after the first debate. Yeah. Like, there was just. But now recently, yeah, like you're like saying, Bernie's tie. been kind of rising. So now he's looking more competitive again. and. Mm-hmm. But then, like, Liz ah. is still doing okay, but still yeah. Joe's at the top. And then again... Joe's just chilling, Joe, man. Well, a lot of people apparently were, like, expecting this night to be a referendum on Joe Biden. But instead, it turned into the progressive versus the progressive. And that is where I get frustrated because Same. it's like, okay, why aren't we having substantive conversations where we're taking down the progressive's mutual yeah. enemy, Joe Biden? He is the mutual enemy of Liz and Joe. Liz and Bernie, yeah. Oh, God, thank you. Liz and Bernie. But maybe also himself. Whoa. <laughs> Joe doesn't even want to be here. He's doing this on purpose. Uh, so instead it turned into Liz versus Bernie yeah. when there's absolutely no... There, it doesn't benefit anyone in the end. Yeah, well, and, like, also it's, like, even, like, it's so, such a small thing, I guess. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's frustrating that that got brought up on a debate stage over, like, like guns. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like guns didn't See, get, and and, immigration like, didn't get talked about. I don't think. Yeah. Like those are two things that we could have talked about instead of what Bernie said to Liz two years ago. Who cares? And like tell us in thir- like 30 seconds. And again, like that's their little fight is like a great thing that you can just like cut out from the rest of the debate and like mm-hmm. share it on social media or commentators can replay the clip. And then that's like, a week worth of coverage. No, it was, you know, all the broadcast media cycle cares about is views and clicks because mm-hmm. they know that they need clicks now because the internet exists, but they also want views because middle-aged people still exist. So it's like, I really I think, funny. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, Jackson, yeah, no, out of our yeah, little yeah, college yeah, yeah. bubbles, I forget, I mean, I don't talk to them, believe me, but it really is just down it comes down to, like, these broadcast companies wanting to make more money. Yeah. And it, it makes me so upset. That's it's why I like things like Vox and NPR. I'm so freaking liberal. But that's why I like things like Vox and NPR yeah. is because it's, like, they're not trying to produce this 24-hour cycle. And, like, yeah. you know, like, Vox is on the internet so they get money from ads. And then NPR is a public company that's, like, supported by the government. So I don't think that money is so much an issue for them when it comes mm-hmm. to generating clicks and views. Yeah, it's just, it's, broadcast companies need it more than anyone else. It's difficult and frustrating, I think, too, because, like, right now is a time where journalism is very much um, criticized by, like, the right, mm-hmm. specifically, and, like, there's so much just distrust and, like, frustration with the media that it's, like, uh, they should don't be on their play best into behavior. it. No, like be better than at that. Yeah, like, it's like you prove like them really wrong. like really try and like be straight. Like I don't know. It was disappointing yes, to I, see I them like go so much to like reality TV questions. It's I thought. like I don't know. Can nobody zoom out enough for two seconds and see that that's why people distrust yeah. the media is because of that shit that they pull? Yeah, <sighs> and uh, yeah, it's. And I think it's because you and I love. We love media and we love politics and it's, and I don't really think either of us distrust the majority of the sources that we read, but some people just inherently mm-hmm. believe that media is inherently bad. Yeah. And well, CNN and you know what, if, if that's like the only time you're really tuning in and that's what you see, it's not a great impression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess on that exact. <laughs> but who topic, are we to talk? Who are we to talk? We're just going into media. We're, we're going to become we're part of the problem. In we my probably room are part talking. of the problem. Yeah, just <laughs> giving solely our opinions. Okay. Um. Um, well, I was going to say this leads well into like the final part of that weird yeah. story. Is that? I guess it all kind of culminated when after the debate, I heard like oh, some people talking about like, "Oh, Liz didn't shake Bernie's hand," and I was like, "Okay, relax, like please stop mm-hmm. it." But then, then the as audio. of last night, dun dun dun, CNN of course that's dun, so dramatic released the audio from this awkward clip at the end of the debate, and it's honestly hilarious. But it's Liz goes right up to Bernie tense. and she references the moment where Bernie said, "I did not say that to Liz," and then she goes, "Bernie." I believe you called me a liar on national TV. She said TV weird. Yeah. And then he goes, what? And then she goes, you called me a liar on national TV. And he goes, uh, bleh, wait, let's not do this right now. And no, she he goes, said, I d- or he said, you called me a liar. Oh. He said, you called me a liar. And he said, let's not do this right now. And, and then, then Tom, Tom Steyer says, hi, Bernie. Okay, uh, no, I don't goes, want to get in the middle. Well, no, Tom Steyer, he's just like standing there and Bernie like looks at him and is like, what? And Tom's like, I just wanted to say hi, Bernie. And Bernie goes, oh, okay, hi. Yeah, it was just like awkward. Liz did not need to confront Bernie on stage. On stage, because I, she, like the mic 
Right, like she. She probably but, knew it was going to be picked up, but right. I think my because I was like trying, that's sole speculation. Was, she could have genuinely thought the mic was yeah, off. Yeah, sole speculation. And like the cameras were away, my, but she's it's thirty seconds after. I don't know. My I theory is that she wanted. I I mean I obviously think it was like so dumb of her because that just makes her look like the bad guy. But I think that the reason she did it because I'm trying to rationalize why my queen could do something so dumb is that she just wanted <laughs> <Whoa>. to like. <laughs> I think she wanted to come off as tough because so many people are trying to prove that they're th- that the candidates are trying to prove that they're tough enough to take Trump on the stage, mm-hmm. and so I think that that was her trying to be Which like, I'm did. not going to take shit on the stage. So she was like, I think you call me a liar. So I think that that's her motivation. But clearly, yeah. her press secretary was not there to say, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that assessment. I, that's just my speculation. I think for like the civility argument, like. Do that backstage. However, True. you're totally right where it's like, oh, yeah, it also shows that, like, you know what, like... It's a stunt. Maybe, but it also, I mean, to kind of prove her point, like, I'm not going to take shit, like, I'm going to go right for it. Also, um, going back for half a second to um, when they were asked about the debate questions, and so Bernie gave his answer saying Warren never, or he never told Warren that a woman couldn't win president. And then Warren was asked, what did you think when... Bernie told you a woman going to be president. Um, I honestly thought she had a great response to that, though, where she was like, I disagreed. And then she said, like, I didn't want to get into it, moved on, and then started talking about how she and Amy Klobuchar, the two women on stage, were the only ones who had won every election that they had run in, Um, which I thought was, like, a really, really strong point for her to make. Um, Especially since I think that women candidates do kind of get the question of electability a lot more than they should at this point. Yeah, and I think that that is a beautiful segue into our favorite thing that we've been complaining about since this summer and we started doing this is this weird idea of electability and like the idea of voting for someone that you think could beat Trump instead of voting for someone that you think is a good candidate. Um, And I think that a lot of that has been, we've talked about this before, a shroud for the concept of whether or not a woman can win. I Mm -hmm. think that was really the question all along. And I think that Bernie and Liz on the debate stage both gave both great reasons as to why, of course, a woman can win. Like, they yeah. independently just said it. I mean, Bernie responded to his question about whether or not he said this thing by basically just giving a lot of reasons as to why women obviously could win. Yeah, I guess, like, remember Hillary getting three million more votes. Like, what the hell? Yeah, he's right. Yeah. And then Liz was like, you guys, come on. I literally have won so many elections. So. Yeah. I think that that was a and good Amy moment. Klobuchar. And Amy Klobuchar. More power I to her. forget about sweet Amy. Same. Amy. Amy, what is up, girl? I We barely talk about Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But she's cool. I mean, I can't complain. If she were president, I would be down. I'd be fine. I'd be fine. I mean, she's from, what's interesting about her is that she's from Minnesota, and mm-hmm. she's like, I think she's the only candidate up there who genuinely represents middle-of-the-road Democrat politics, because I think that other people are doing it, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, Whoa. just to, like, have an edge. I think he's trying to be middle-of-the-road, but I think Amy is, like, actually, actually middle-of-the-road. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but, like, she won, like, not only in, like, a purple, like... Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, but, like... Well, Minnesota's not purple, hefty, but... Like, by, like, a good amount. Yeah, because yeah. she was able to bring in both, like, the urban vote in Minnesota, which is so, like, hipster. Like, it's so Portland. Like, like that, like, urban areas of Minnesota are. But then the rural Minnesotans are so conservative. But she mm-hmm. was able to get them both, which is really impressive. Like, I, I respect that a lot about her. 
Apparently, yeah. people in Minnesota love her. Like, I have yeah. two friends from Minnesota who have said that, like, people just love her there. Like, she, there's nothing to dislike. So, that's oh. cool. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, that was our, okay, Hi, that was our Amy Klobuchar episode. That was our condensed. Amy Klobuchar segment. Um, well, yeah. So, electability, women obviously can win. Can we just stop talking about electability already? I mean. If you like them, vote for them. Yeah, please just. Vote. It's like that TikTok. The famous TikTok. Please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. Should I make that my Instagram bio? I Aww. thought about changing it to that. Wait, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't either. Although I will say, this will be my one nice, I'm, I'm trying to be nicer. To Joe Biden. Well, and in life. Jackson. <laughs> um, it's a new but year. But <laughs> new year, we're doing it. Um, oh my gosh. I can't remember if it's NPR or the Daily shocking that it would be <laughs> one of so those two um but they did a really great profile on joe biden and when he um was on the judiciary committee and it was like very much about him actually like just loving his work and actually wanting to be bipartisan and like really valuing that and it's like about this too yeah and like he really genuinely like was by like sees the value in that and like there absolutely is value in that but it's also kind of like oh is that just like kind of an idea of like a time gone like i have such a relevant thought which is that ezra klein of course same podcast i was listening to the weeds today check it out was basically talking about how joe biden is like a poster boy like a true believer like a pageant queen like a worshiper of the system like he really believes that the American government is set up for success, so we can meet with other people from other parties and pass mm-hmm. laws just the way they are. Like, he really believes in the process. He loves the political process that we currently have. Other candidates desperately want to change the process, but he yeah. believes in the process, which is really, like, such a key difference. I think that might be, like, one of the better ways to summarize the difference between, like, progressives and mm-hmm. more classic Democrats. Because yeah. Ooh, I like, like that it's whether or not you want to yeah. utilize the system that we already have. And by that, I literally mean, like, judicial executive like mm -hmm. the way that we have learned government since like what fifth grade like Mm -hmm. but other people like i think that we tend to support more want systemic change because Mm -hmm. they believe that the system doesn't work so joe biden is a great candidate for people who also believe in the system but yeah i mean it's not it's not something that i believe in but i think that that's an interesting point about joe biden and this has been our joe biden corner yeah well yeah well that's kind of like a segue to another thing we wanted to talk about which is like are we voting for policy or are we voting for personalities? Whoa. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Because, I mean, like we were saying earlier, everything now is, I think, just like clip driven where it's mm-hmm. like, is this going to be like a good little 30 second like clip? Yeah, will it fit um, on Jackson's Twitter feed? Yeah. Will I be able to retweet it later? I need to know these things. Oh, and that's, and that's fair. Yeah. It's part and, of how we express ourselves. Yeah. And pundits and commentators and stuff can also just talk about them endlessly you know so i think everything's driven to be in like a short format and as a result of that it doesn't give a lot of room to get into like policy nitty-gritty but instead you get like a sense of who that person is you get like a sense of the can and be like all right they seem like a real straight talker all right yeah but you don't know like 
how they're actually going to implement I think we anything. are getting to, because of the way that we interact with the internet, we are getting to know our candidates' personalities a whole lot more in, like, mm-hmm. a very more intimate way. Yeah. But because of that, we've, like, kind of stopped making room for policy. Because it used to be, like, in the 60s, you'd flick on the radio and listen to the debate, and, you like, all you could really judge off of was personality, or, sorry, not personality, was, like, the legislation that they were talking yeah. about. But now, what do we do more? Listen to the debate's audio so we can't even see their mm-hmm. faces? Or do we scroll through TikTok later and then watch people meme them, you know? And and it's just, and that oh was an God. ad to me. And Jackson, oh okay, you watch The View, which is, I guess, an argument, whatever. That's too complicated. But anyway. Kind of clippy. Kind of, it is a little clippy. They and were, it, it's more for older people, like an older version of clippy, which is talk shows and daytime TV. Everything is just made in short little clips now so we can replay them. And yeah. I think it would probably be a better format if, you could just have, like, a more in-depth discussion of it, where it's, like, you pick a topic, you have a debate that night just about the topic. Oh, I like bada that. Bada-boom, bada-bang, done. Or, honestly, like, you just go online and you can watch a few of the candidates, like, three-minute ads, and, like, that tells you so much more well, than, like, their 30-second take on a stage. I don't know if this well, is actually, the flip side not. of this, but certainly something that I thought about um, is, realistically... None of the bills that these people want to pass are uh, the candidates when they be, if when they become president could really get passed in the way that they're advertising them. It just feasibly couldn't happen. And so, you know, if we look at why Trump won, he did not win because people loved all of his policies. He won because people loved his personality and his edge. And so every election is a referendum on the previous election. It is it is mm-hmm. a reaction. Every yeah. single one. It's about a pendulum constantly swinging. So I think that if we voted for and supported Trump because of his personality, it makes perfect sense that right now we're looking for the leader, the personality, like the energy to combat and balance out Trump. So I think it's almost okay that we're looking more at personality than policy because it's a president and they're supposed to be a figurehead, not necessarily the legislator. Yeah, they're using their judgment. Judgment, you know, we're, yes. we're trying to assess judgment, it mm-hmm. seems like right now. Um yeah, no, I agree with, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting preachy because it's like, I don't know, I think I'm scared because it's crunch time. Like, Iowa is literally, it's early right February. Right Like, Wah. And then from there, it's just going to keep going and going. And if you guys have not registered to vote in the primaries, boy, oh boy, it's Maybe time. Maybe you should hop on that. Maybe you should hop vote. on it. Maybe you should register, register to, to vote. vote. First and foremost, because California, guess what? It's your time to shine, baby. Yeah, we're a fat old state and we got a lot of votes to give yes, up. Yes, and it, it's California has usually been at the very tail end of this long, long calendar mm-hmm. of primary elections and caucuses. But we're March 3rd, I believe. Yeah, but we're March 3rd. We're part of Super Tuesday, which is a big deal because there's a lot of criticism. Like, like I was saying, like, Joe Biden loves the system. Other people want to change the system. And a perfect example of the system that some people want changing is the order in which we do primaries because it's mm-hmm. like the states in the first half are so much more important than the states in the second half. Yeah, and also the st- how those states are chosen is very arbitrary. Yeah, and like Iowa's been first for so long, you know? And, then and it- is that state representative of the rest of the country? Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of criticism about how it's structured, mm-hmm. but the good news is for California for the first time ever, there's a lot more of an influence than there ever has been in the primary election. So, California voters, if you've ever thought to yourself, I'm a Democrat in California, why should I even bother voting? It's going to go blue anyway. 
Ooh. It might not. Well, you it's, what it will. Well, but it like, will for the blue election. You can choose whoever you want right now. Yeah. It's a clean slate. I think. Dive in. My pers- the way I'm approaching this is vote for who I truly believe in and like and would love to see as president during the primaries. And then during the general, you vote for whichever of the two candidates you think is better. Just don't not vote. Just, yeah, vote. We're anxious. Um, <laughs> Can you tell we're stressed? We're stressed. And then, last but not least, because we, hey, we still have eight minutes left. All right, let's. Um, impeachment update. <laughs> let's wrap up with a little impeachment Ooh, update. Ooh, don't we love how, wait, I have something else for the very tail end, oh, okay. actually. But for hot stick. Our almost end. Our almost end is slight impeachment. Yeah, slight so. Impe- it's a slight impeachment, yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about how. We're talking about impeachment updates last, just because of like how crazy politics is. Like, who would have thought that like that Iran was no NBD at the beginning, and impeachment is like yeah, yeah at the end. <laughs> yeah, and then we spent time talking. Oh my god, we're so Western centric. CNN's uh. win anyway. Um, oh my god, they are. So winning. the articles of impeachment <laughs> have now moved from the House to the Senate, and this is significant because um, Nancy Pelosi, leader of the House, uh, had been holding the articles, um, basically trying to ensure that the Senate would run a fair and impartial trial that would also include witnesses. Um, and that was really seeming like it wouldn't happen, but now it seems like there might be a little bit more of a possibility of that happening. To be clear, yes, it go. should happen. But oh, Mitch, yeah. Mitch McConnell, has a, he's the um, majority head of... Leader of the majority and the Senate Majority Leader, thank you. Um, Watch me be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, if we can't can't nail down who Mitch McConnell is, we should delete our account. But anyway, Mitch McConnell, it's been a long day. He was supposed to be letting this happen and just have a normal Senate trial, but he's in his classic aggressive agenda just saying, like, no, no, no. But he is opening up a little bit to it. I don't think we're going to get the full, like, roster of witnesses that the Democrats want, but maybe he'll let a few in. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. Well, and this is largely in part not because he's had, like, a big change of heart, but rather because of the way events are unfolding. Um, so you see, um, recently Lev Parnev, Parnev, Parnev's? Something Le- like that. An associate of Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. who has been, um, said to be involved heavily in this Ukraine stuff, basically has come out publicly now, um, hey, Rachel Maddow, uh, and was like... Trump knew about it, everyone knew about it, and we were, like, heavily monitoring um, Yovanovitch and all this seemingly Yeah, big Trump wanted to fire yeah. Yovanovitch. Like, a confirmation of a lot of this stuff. Uh, conf- nothing that seems shocking or new, even though it really should seem shocking and new, and it's just coming from someone who has more information about it, yeah. basically. So it's really kind of forcing... Republicans to consider yeah. a testimony because of how open he's been. Also, a very, very independent watchdog organization who oh, that, oh, that Congress, thank you for yeah, about this. Congress yes. like actively uses this watchdog organization to do oversight, which is basically just like written into the rules of the Congress is that they're in charge of monitoring themselves to make sure nothing super corrupt happens. So often they use this exact organization. I forget the name, but the organization, which is really like genuinely as nonpartisan as you could be, was like, in case we were wondering, 
what Trump did was illegal. And this is important because a lot of Republicans have been arguing like, okay, yeah, he did it, but what's so illegal about it? Mm -hmm. And then this organization was like, eh, well, it breaks the law because Congress said you have to give this aid to Ukraine because we passed bills to vote on it. And then if he didn't do that, he's disregarding bills that Congress had passed. So that's how the organization is saying, Mm -hmm. okay, it is illegal. Like, whether or not you want to impeach him for it is different. Also, let us not forget, you don't have to do something illegal to be impeached. You just have to do something that is seen as high crimes, misdemeanors, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, which the Senate You don't have to be, like, a prisoner. Like, you don't have to be a convict. You don't have to break the law to get fired as president of a company for example jackson you just blew my mind that was you know if you want to if you are a good good strong pro-business gop then and you want to run the country like a company then i think a president of a company who's shown the judgment and behavior and temperament of trump probably would have gotten fired yes so i feel like by like the board of uh, supervisors yes. or like the board yeah every company which in this case is, is congress, congress. <sighs> okay anyway let's put that out there i wonder if we have there. a virus i don't i don't think so um i'm fine it's we hey with it we know who we are we're not gonna we, we're not I gonna lie to you we you know where we stand you know where we say we're so transparent <laughs> and i think that's good i ordered red bubble stickers for my laptop today oh what'd they say npr and vox I got an NPR sticker and a Vox sticker. Oh no, I'm just making fun of myself for being so predictable. Oh. I mean, I got some. I got some. Yeah, I was. On my water I've been staring at your burning there. water bottle all day. Okay, um, <laughs> here's my dessert that I think is fun. Yeah, I feel like such a middle-aged journalism professor for saying yeah. dessert. Um, Meghan Markle and Harry Prince Harry just fucking left the royal family, dude. Good for her. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I mean. A lot of people are like, they can't leave. And it's like, okay, they're not leaving, but they are renouncing their roles and titles and money. Yeah. And because of the media was so mean to Meghan Markle, all the she's he- half black. All the articles that have come out, it's kind of crazy, but like all the articles that came out that like collected all the previous articles and headlines about Meghan Markle and then compared them to articles about uh, Kate Middleton mm-hmm. and just like how... They were doing the exact same thing and just how completely different the coverage was. Yes. There was one where it's like, Kate loves her baby, her, her future baby. She's holding her pregnant belly in public. And then mm-hmm. it was one being like, why is Meghan Markle constantly holding her pregnant belly in public? She must be a terrible mom. Basically. <laughs> like, that was a literal, those were actual comparisons. So, good for her for leaving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I watched The Crown. <laughs> I actually haven't. You have would you heard love the, the crown. Have you heard the rumors that Meghan Markle might play herself? <laughs> I pro- I mean, probably not. Because but... is it the next season about her? I don't think so. I don't know. We shall probably see. Ah. <laughs> I should watch The Crown. I think you're right. It just sounds like politics, right? Yeah. The I Crown is like amazing. That. They talk about it a lot on The View. It's kind of really funny, actually. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah. yeah we... Did we cover all the things? We I think we covered all of our little bullet point things. And wow. do you, any little fun note you want to end it on or anything like that? Please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. Wow. But I, also, I would vote for Joe Biden because I love America. What are your last thoughts, Jackson? Retweet that. Retweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank set? you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll be back in the near future near hopefully future. with some more updates happy 2020 happy 2020 let's all um, make a new year's resolution to vote 
if you're eligible to vote. And this year, we will all vote. Woo! Woo! Okay, bye guys. This episode of Maybe You Should Care was written and produced by Jackson Cripe and Dee Dee Drogi. Jake Moody is our head producer and editor, and we're proud to be a part of the Deconstructed Podcast Network. Follow Maybe You Should Care, all one word, on Instagram. And follow me on Instagram at D-E-D-E-E-D-R-O, and follow Jackson on Twitter at Cripe Jackson. You can find more about the show on deconstructednetwork.com. Thanks for caring.